The uncanny is an experience that seems familiar yet foreign at the same time, causing brain confusion and a feeling of fear or repulsion. This psychological effect is a profound problem in the fields of robotics and computer animation. Why? In this episode, 2249, Bill and John Johnston, CG Bros, will be talking about this when they answer the commonly asked question, what makes CGI animation feel human? on the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the CG Insider Podcast. If you're a returning fan, it's really great to see you again. And if you're new to our podcast, we extend a special welcome to you. In this episode of the CG Insider Podcast, Sean and I will be delivering another answer to another great fan question submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com. Uh, this time by Demetrius K. from way out in Cape Town. And Demetrius asks us, what makes CGI animation feel more human? I'm Bill Johnston, an industry industry <laughs> veteran, and I specialize in 3D animation and digital VFX for folks like Activision and some, uh, Sony Computer Entertainment and Bungie, just to name a few. Uh, by the end of our discussion today, you'll not only know what feeling more human means, but you'll also learn what makes the CGI that's being created today feel more human-like. Also, be sure to stay to the end of the podcast because we'll be sharing some tips to help your animation be more human-like. I'm Sean Johnston, a professional CG artist, animator in the video games industry with over 28 years of experience. Uh, today, uh, I'm currently a full-time animation director, and we're grateful to be your host for this edition of the CG Insider Podcast. So thanks for asking that great question, Demetrius, from way out in Cape Town. So, Bill... What makes CGI animation feel more human, or is it, is it, do you mean more real, or you mean more hyper-real? What, what do you mean by that? Well, Sean, I'm glad you asked me that. But for me, anyway, um, feeling more human, to me, means uh, feeling more lifelike, I guess. Uh, it, 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 well, it has nothing to do, really, with any, like, one technology or technique, um, but you know, those things do make it easier to accomplish more, more believable CG animation. But for, for me, it, I, I'd say, Sean, it has to do with having, having the animation f feel less machine-like uh, and more organic, uh, you know, ba basically. <laughs> you know, it's, it's more lifelike, I guess, is, is kind of what I'm talking more More believable. That's yes, what it is. believability. Believable. I was going to exactly. say, that's exactly what I was going to say. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but, uh, you know, um, I, I do like the, the idea of saying real, too, because I think a lot of um, For me, it has, animation, uh, CGI it animation has, today... It has to do with feeling uh, less, more human -like, like I said, machine-like. It's more real. Um, you know, um, I, I talked about or, you know, or organic, you know, looking more organic. And that, I guess that means more, more like something that's alive or was alive. Because, you know, the word organic uh, means of or relating to or derived from living matter. So I guess at, at its core, it kind of... You know, organic animation, something that looks like it's alive. You know, you're, you're convinced, you believe it's alive. And, and that's the animator's responsibility, really, to, to visually represent, you know, whatever forces, either uh, internal or external, are, are, are acting on the character in, in, you know, that moment. Yes, and I believe also if you make your characters to become more human, you'd, you'd also take into account... Um, whether they're so you know empathetic, or whether you identify with that character based on your real world uh, experience, uh, I know it's different for each person. 
Um, you can get stylized animation, a CGI animation, and you can still identify with it and, and, and it still feels human-like. Um, I think a lot of times people get caught up in there's, um, okay, let's say we, we use a lot of motion capture to do our CGI animation because we want it to be as human as possible. Um, that can be, that can be great, uh, but it also can be, it can give you, um, uh, make it look weird and awkward. Um, like, uh, you know, I think we mentioned the uncanny Valley so many times at nauseum, but it does get to a point where you have a lot of, um, it, it kind of detracts from what you're trying to, uh, that humanness to it because it's distracting. It's, it's kind of a weird um, catch there because you, you would think based on, you know, adding that motion capture that it would just solve all your problems. Well, no, that's like a base where a lot of animation um, is, is used to, to get sets up to timing and things like that. And, and to, to, if you've got a big production schedule and you want to get it done, you put it in there, but then you, you give that to the animators and they, they basically... Uh, exaggerate on top of that and they keyframe on top of that they clean all of the jitter up that you would get and the noise that you get in a lot of motion capture so you know you don't necessarily have to use it as your as your base but if you're doing that um, um, I think that uh, you know you still have to apply all the principles of animation you know you've got your overlapping action your squash and stretch you know exaggeration like I said and there's a lot of that you need to add to that to make it feel more human-like and like I said not distracting Yes, and the squash and stretch you're talking about, I mean, that can be done believably, um, you know, and that's done all the time in 2D animation. That's, uh, that's, as a matter of fact, that's where it's quite successful. Um, but, for, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's and, and where, where you're right, where motion capture falls down is, is it's, it's capturing human motion while I, I, it, you really have to capture the, 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 the entire performance. You can't just capture their motion and then capture their face later and then do the, do, you know, do the hand capture later. Uh, you know, it all has to be done at the same time because it's it's a really tough job to try to sync all of those separate, you know, animation uh, focus areas uh, in into you know into blend them into one performance because a lot of times they're not done in the, at the same time. And so that's one advantage. And and that you know, having systems that actually can do that total performance captures are, are quite quite expensive. So uh, you know, unless you have that kind of money, you're you're you you have to you know do them separately. You have to do, you know, facial animation separately from hand animation, separate from, you know, body animation. And that's, that's where kind of motion capture feels really odd and uncanny is when you have body capture, you know, the, but then the face doesn't match the gestures of the body and the, 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 the you know, it just, the hands don't, aren't, aren't gesturing properly with, you know, with the emotions of the face. It's just, it's really off-putting and, 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 and really a challenge to do properly without, you know, having that all in sync. Right, and the beginnings of, of, of Disney animation where you had lots of, because of the time-consuming uh, nature of, of the early animation where you have um, artists drawing every frame of, of, of the animation or the, the, the cartoon or movie that you're watching, they had to simplify a lot of things um, because it was expensive and time-consuming. So you, you've got a lot of um, simple shapes. You've got, you know, kind of two, a lot of characters were tubular, you know, hose looking. Um, and as, as time went on, I know Disney, uh, with the illusion of life, they, they wanted to make things more and more lifelike. Um, and by doing so, you know, it's, it's difficult because there's a lot of normally, and that's the beauty of, of, of CGI is, is you can have um, um, the 
infinite detail on your characters now. Whereas you don't have to have, you know, an artist drawing all the details of everything that the, the character's wearing, for example, or a dress or, you know, all the frill and all that, all the jewels and everything else that's in a char character in Disney. You can do that now um, just by doing it in the computer. And, and so now you have the, 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 the realism that you see today with all of the detail along with it, um, which is, you know, it, it's, everybody's just used to seeing it now. It's just, um, you go back to look at some of these old cartoons and yeah, they're, they're awesome. And, uh, but today you can, you can do so much more. And, um, I don't know where I'm going with that, but <laughs> you can get it, you can take it from there. But, um, yeah. you know, it's, it, 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 there's a, there's a quote from Stephen Raleigh on realism and animation, for example. And he was saying, um, uh, understanding realism is vital to understanding animation since one of the greatest struggles of, of the form has been to create realistic effects in a medium that is inherently artificial and created in a particular laborious fashion, like I was saying. Um, and if the intent to, is to achieve uh, audience interest and identification of the character's personality and situation, then having that character in, uh, move and behave realistically uh, is more important than having the character look real, visually real, um, and so there's an interplay. Right, exactly. Photo real, photo realism yeah. and hyper realism. Yeah. 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 Well, that means then that's, there's an interplay partially that interplay partially explains why cartoons can simultaneously be, um, combine outrageous exaggeration with painstakingly fidelity to reality without the audience perceiving, uh, incongruity, you know? Yeah. And if it's believable for me, it's successful. And I, you know, I want to believe when I'm watching CGI, I want to believe that the character moved. Not that someone moved the character, <laughs> you know, that someone right. animated the character. Right? It's it's a it's, it's a you know it's it's it should feel connect the character should feel connected. I mean, does the character show that it's aware of the of its of its own world and you know its own situation? Um, you know, I, I like that when, when I see a character that that I, for for me to believe that a character decided to jump there there has to be kind of like and we'll probably talk a little bit about this uh, here in, in a few minutes, but an amount of acting that's like a like a quick look or something in the direction that he's going to jump or you know, a moment of hesitancy where he's, you know, and then he jumps, you know, but it's, it's kind of like a, a tell, if you will. I mean, there's, we'll talk about some techniques that really, that really can improve the realism, but you know, we, we don't just do things, you know, like robots. We just don't make a decision and leap. You know, we, we consider it, we look back, we turn around, we, we measure, we gauge, you know, and then, and then maybe we'll jump. Uh, uh, but there are certain, very subtle mannerisms and characteristics that that really convey. I, I guess what we're talking about is really um, emotion. You know, right. does it does it convey? Is it a believable conveyance of emotion? Yes, and to give an example of just just uh, where we've come um, and CGI models, for example, um, there's a great uh, a video that I was watching. Um, that uh, Nick Epstein at uh, VFX Supervisor, actually at, at uh, Weta Digital, in order to get more things, uh, get those models to be more and more human, he had an example where he was showing 2001, um, you know, Spirits Within, basically, uh, Aki Ross, you see how dead her skin looks, and then they compare it with uh, Alita Battle Angel, um, just came out just recently, and, and the, the realism of the skin, the reason it is because you've got albedo, basically, which is the base color of, and not to get too technical, but albedo is basically the color map that they're using for the character. Um, and then, for example, imagine the color of a face and a void. So if you're right, if you're just coloring on a piece of paper 
with no wrinkles. You're just coloring a face. Almost there's an example where, where they just did it on a piece of paper. Your 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 skin has color that in your cheeks that are different than your forehead, and so those things um, for the new CGI models of today versus 2001, you you see them as maps, as 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 color maps on the character's face that they're just kind of mapping onto the, the 3D character. Um, and so when you're moving or you're showing emotions, those colors change based on if you're angry um, or, you know, or you're very, very calm, things like that. And not just the fact that um, you've got wrinkles that, that come out for, for displacements, for example. So you've got that plus the light. Um, a lot of times you'll see um, older CGI and you're going, man, it looks weird. The light's just bouncing off, reflecting off the face but it's not going beneath the skin. So you've got subsurface scattering that's going on where the light actually um, permeates the different layers of the skin and, and you get different um, the bouncing of the light that comes back up through the skin. And we discussed that earlier in, in another podcast and it softens out the CGI and you get color of the, of, that bleeds into the, the shadows, shadow dark areas. Um, and then you've got dynamic changes. Oh, so here's an example they're showing. This is only relatively new. It's like, you know, right around the, the uh, early 2000s when they started figuring this out uh, in, in a SIGGRAPH paper. Um, and then you've got, for example, uh, I'm showing this Alita Battle Angel. Um, they, they actually have her, to, to get the realism, the humanness into the CGI character, there's a thing called Harvard Lines. I think I was discussing this with you, Bill. I didn't, I've never heard of it. Um, which are basically a collection of 720 sample phrases um, that they had. They basically um, scanned her face um, and in 3D uh, of her saying these these 720 sample phrases, and they're they're divided into 10 lists. And so it's they use um, this to the, purpo the purpose of that is to really get the full range of motion of the mouth and, and expression of the face and stuff like that, right? Right. So, so you'll get all those basic uh, phonetics uh, that that the that the person's um, saying, and so it gets that more realism into what I was trying to say. So there you go. That's pretty cool. There's quite a difference, and we did our, our last podcast was on rendering and, and the effect that rendering and and those type of you know realism, uh, those how realism is actually portrayed through the rendering process. Uh, so def definitely check that that podcast out. That was uh, pretty interesting. And you know, um, <laughs> there's a lot of things that play into uh, you know. Let me let me show you something. I mean, we're since we're talking about kind of facial, I, I here's this is an example of. Uh, this is from Anim Animbox, but this is this is an example of, of exaggeration, squash and stretch, and, and and different techniques. But you can see that, that there's follow through in the hair. You can see, and you know what's really interesting about this this rig is here's a, here's an example of all the controls. I mean, to get this type of level of you know emotional uh, you know performance, you've got to have a lot of controls on the face. And you can see there's probably at least 50 controls on this character, isn't? But he, you can see the range of motion that he's able to accomplish. And, and the expressiveness that this character is able to to portray, just given the the uh, controls that he's got. Yeah, a lot of times in in a lot of your rigs too, a lot of the the motions that they're doing is they're they're doing things to increase the um, uh, like for example, uh, a lot of times if you're using motion capture, we'll just go back to it. Um, you'll you'll animate on top of that by breaking the joints and and to to get a, a faster motion. Um, and the movement of joint basically um, in the wrong direction will not be perceived because it's at such a high rate, um, you know, maybe a couple frames or something that you're not even seeing it, but it gives you an, an overall movement that actually reads more correctly for your character than it would have just, just throwing motion capture on it, for example. Um, there's a lot of that. And, and 
you the more human like is is basically like you said earlier is is getting that 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 emotion in your character um it 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 is really an amazing art form um that that uh and some of the some of the detail that goes into the the animation that I've seen just recently and I always go back to Ratatouille too I just I think some of the that animation was probably some of the best that I had seen in in the characters but Man, it's it's just the quality bar of everything today is just so high. It's it's just uh, I don't ever I don't think I even look now in, in movies when I'm watching them. Um, maybe if I'm I'm looking at you know live action mixed with CGI, I kind of I kind of look at it a little bit. But when I'm watching a full 3D animated film now, I don't even it does I don't look at that stuff anymore. I'm kind of just lost in the characters. It's just such a high level today. They've, they've, they've really got, I mean, the tools have become so sophisticated. I mean, you still got a bit, you know, I mean, the tools are one thing. I mean, and they're just really an aid to the artist's, you know, skill at animating. I mean, rhythm and cadence, you know, are, play a large part in creating animation. Uh, and and you, 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 you know, you don't want it to feel like, you know, you're, you're, the animation is, is just kind of timed to the beat of a metronome or something like that. You know, it really takes the human hand. Uh, but I'll tell you what, um, there's some tools that are being developed now that are making... They're really knocking on the door of of of, of artists' ability to to uh, create some 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 art, and we'll we'll be talking about that actually in our next podcast. Yes, and then of course to make things more human as well, you've got you've got to add that nice sound to it and and sync that with the animation because it sure is noticeable um, if you don't have the sound and, and and you don't get that connection as much as well, and so that adds a a sense of human realism to your. Uh, or human uh, humanness to your animation as well. So that, that, don't take that for granted as well. You know those sounds and the environments and the characters and the, and, and how that the actual world that it's in uh, responds and everything because it can really detract too and distract. You know if it's not done correctly. Well, sure, and that that has a lot to. I mean, it, it really depends on the style that you're animating in because I mean some some styles don't require say physics uh, to, to to you know the, the character doesn't actually have to have. You know, follow through and and momentum and and uh, stuff like you know respond to gravity. Uh, uh, you know, basically. And he, like, here's an example. Here's a here's, this is from Artem uh, Danilov, and this is just a short little body mechanics video, just kind of showing what I was, uh, you know, illustrating that follow through that I was talking about. You actually see, you know, you know his body. You know, the 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 bag moves when he moves his arm arms. Um, you know, he, he as he as he walks. Uh, you know, he's got a uh, and it's, what's nice about it is it's uneven. It's an uneven cadence, because well, everything I mean, in CG is is you know you want to have that that roughness that you know nothing in, in the real world is perfect. You know, right? I, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, I mean you still have to have those those same principles in order to work. But you're but but you're right. Exaggeration taking taking them to the extra, you know, um, to, to to get it to to an extra point that you're trying to make with that character, uh, overemphasizing certain things. Um, to, to communicate that action, you know, that's, that's what you're trying to do. Um, but, but all those, those, uh, all those principles still apply. So, um, you know, that's, I don't think that's what you're meaning. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, you know, um, I, I think also, um, what makes animation, uh, look more human is, is that, that is the poses that the, the posture of the characters, I think that's, a, that's a critically important thing as well is, is, you know, the, how, how's your, how's your character stand? How, what's, what, are, what's it, what is this gate? I mean, you can, you can really tell. I mean, each character has its own unique uh, personality and and way it, it they behave. And 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 Ratatouille, you know, it was a great example of that as well. Where um, each yeah, character basically, uh, you know, depending revealed their own emo emotional state and their own energy level. And 
it's, it's that, that's a great movie. I have to tell you. Yeah, the, the posing is definitely strong. Posing is 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 definitely massively important, especially if you're doing, um, mm. you know, stylized characters. Um, so, um, you know, I was going to show another video just on some going back to some realism and some of the stuff that I that I've been seeing. Um, it, it, for example, uh, the the the, uh, the very intricate um, facial animation that you'd see in some of the latest things from from Weta, where they've got these. If you look at uh, the delta between, um, you know, Will Smith's face in Gemini Man, you see here in my example, you can actually see how all the little micro movements of the of the muscles underneath the skin, you you don't you don't look at it while you're while you're um, seeing the performance, but you notice your your um, your subconscious picks up on whether or not it's real or not, and that's where a lot of the you know uh, creepiness comes to it when it looks like a dead face. Um, I think a lot of the Gemini Man looked pretty pretty decent. Um, I don't know if you saw, did you see that movie? Yeah, it was awesome. Well, I mean, there's there's scenes that were good, <laughs> right? But I mean, just you know that, and of course, you you they're they're amazing what they what they've done, of course, with with Thanos. Anyway, I'm going to bring this back one more time. It's just I can't go enough into how well their um, their 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 system is um, for creating. The, the most realistic um, character, which was Thanos, I think, at this point in time in their, in their movies. Um, but you know, all the way down to the, the, the micro level, and, they, they, and then they, they hand it off to the animators to push it even more. So really beautiful uh, work here. I think things are just looking so amazing. Yeah, they did a great job on Thanos, and he's you know he he managed to avoid the uncanny valley, uh, which was I think uh, so a for sure accomplishment for, for sure. sure. And you know it's interesting is that they actually have the these little if you see sandals those things uh, on his arms also those are the muscles that are being fired at that certain point. And you can see it in his they did it in his neck and they did it in his arms and his when he was pulling those things apart. And you can see how I, I was watching before and after on those where they showed the muscles actually moving and for his shoulder and his biceps and things like that. And um, those are things you just don't really notice in this, sh- uh, you know, your subconscious picks up on it, making it more human, more real, you know? Yes. I, I you know, one thing that, you know, not to, uh, one thing I remembered when we were first getting into animation was, was when, the, when they introduced FK and IK into rigs and how, how, how much more believable the character's animation became. And much, much faster as well, because if you're doing FK, you know, it's, it takes forever. No, that's true. That's true. Well, you know, the, I think the real key to, to uh, doing real, you know, great animation is, is, is at least you know, uh, more human-like animations is understanding what follows what. You know, what and what's leading. You know, what's leading and what's following. I guess is a better way to put that. You know, if you're if you're turning your head, then 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 your you know your shoulders then kind of turn and then your hips kind of turn. Uh, I mean, or if you're, you know, you're, you're turning to walk and your, your hips turn first and then the rest of your body follows that, or you're, you know, you're trying to pull yourself up by your arm your, everything follows your arm. I think, you know, just, just understanding, you know, what's driving what, uh, and that comes from, I think, just, just, ha- you know, paying attention, having, have, you know, being an observer of the world, uh, and kind of having good reference material is always a great thing. If you're an animator to have, have that handy, even if it's just, you know, you videoing yourself. Uh, if you even videoing yourself is a great great way to, to to really get some lifelike animation. Yes, and now with with the the programs you've got now, where you're doing full body inverse kinematics or IK, and so you'll basically grab one of the arms and pull pull the entire character all the way down to the ground, and so that it makes things it gives the artist another tool to to um, make things uh, feel more real, 
um, faster actually. It's, it's, it's like you said, it's much, much faster uh, to use that instead of uh, the old way. <laughs> we are, yes. We're in a great time. Yeah, uh, you know, we know you're a fan of uh, films that use or, or are created using CGI and, and high levels of VFX like, uh, like we are and that you're looking for a quick and easy way and convenient as well to get insider information because you're listening to this podcast after all. Um, if you want to get even more inside information uh, delivered to you personally, right into your inbox, you'll want to become a subscriber to the CG Bros CG Insider monthly newsletter. Uh, it's free. And when you subscribe to the newsletter, you also receive a free membership in the CG Bros uh, fan club. Oh, so each newsletter is published uh, in the third week of the month. And you'll find news and views on many things having to do with the use of CGI and VFX, not only in the entertainment industry, but also in a wide range of other industries as well. Um, you'll also find some information about the CG Bros at the Ask Me Anything program. Um, the names of new media producers who have earned certificates in our Performance Awards program, which is super cool. Um, our chief editor's insights on the edge news articles and uh, what new media producers are saying about us. Uh, details from, from uh, upcoming events, a video of the month spotlight and many other things uh, you'll find of interest. So check that out. Yeah, definitely subscribe. Uh, if you want to uh, hit that up, go to cgbros.com and enter your email address and we will send it to you. It'll be on its way uh, as soon as you hit that click uh, submit button. Uh, we want to thank you for being part of our podcast today. Uh, we wanted you to know that we do them exclusively for you. And uh, I think we had a pretty great time answering Demetrius's question today. What makes CGI animation feel more human? We hope that you had a great time and learned something that you didn't know along the way because we believe that you should learn at least one thing new every week, whether you need to or not. And if you did enjoy it, do us a solid and share it around with some of your friends. Uh, word of mouth is still the best kind of advertising. So um, if you'd also hit that like button, uh, that also helps YouTube find other people like you who are interested in CGI and VFX related stuff that we talk about here on the CG Insider podcast. By the oh. way, if you've got oh, a subject. Oh, go ahead, Sean. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, by the way, <laughs> by the way, if you've got a good subject uh, you'd like us to discuss in our, one of our podcasts, uh, let us know about it by shooting over to our website at thecgbrills.com to the Ask Us uh, tab and click on the Ask Us Anything dropdown just like Demetrius did. Um, also, we're always looking to improve the podcast and we need your input. So please leave us a comment below. And if you, uh, if you do, no guarantees. There's a good chance we'll uh, read it during one of our future podcasts. Just in case you didn't know, we bring you a new cutting edge edition of the CG Insider right here every week where we discuss everything having to do with CG uh, animation, computer graphics in general, digital VFX, as well as any other related and interesting topics. Oh yeah, you can also find audio versions of our podcasts on all the major audio podcast, podcast platforms as well. Uh, be sure to check out the CG Bros YouTube channel for your front row seat for some amazing CGI short film entertainment created by some of the most talented new media producers and VFX studios out there today. Um, you can also find some really cool VFX breakdowns uh, behind the scenes. We're looking forward to seeing you here again for next week's podcast, where we will be answering another great fan question. How is AI creating original art? That's going to be amazing. Well, that's it for today. We sure hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, what makes CGI animation feel human? Thanks for being with us. If you watched us on YouTube and you enjoyed the experience, please hit the super thanks button where you can buy us a cup of coffee. Please give us a thumbs up too. 
Be sure to leave a comment because we might share it on a future podcast and give you a personal shout out by name. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. Also, please share the video with your friends on social media. Oh, and uh, don't forget to tell all your friends that they too can enjoy the audio-only version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. And here's a free bonus. If you'd like even more insider information, Delivered right to your inbox. Subscribe to our free CG Insider monthly newsletter. Go to our website, thecgbros.com, and sign up. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, how is AI creating original art? This has been episode 2249 of the CG Bros CG Insider podcast. See you next time.